welcome to FSP episode number 81. Thank you all for being here. Uh, I don't. I almost didn't have the show because um, I programmed this AI that was going to do everything for me. <laughs> I was going to replace Fuzzy, Jasper, and Psycho with all AI people. And we were going to see how it goes and just run an automated show. But it uh, turns out... Uh, I, I couldn't do it yet, so we're not we're not doing that yet. Maybe maybe in our dystopian future we'll we'll rock with that. But uh, thanks all for being here. You guys rock. This chat is always amazing. We already got forty eight people here hanging out. Um, hello, I hope you're all doing well on Monday night. Uh, man, it, we got some stuff to cover, some interesting topics, and uh, this has been an interesting day on social media. I'll say that, and I think part <laughs> of it's because people have run out of things to talk about. So we'll talk about the stuff that everybody else is talking about, which nobody really should be talking about. But because we're talking about it, I guess we'll talk about it, too. Uh, ABK is done, bro. It's not happening. <laughs> oh, it's the, the FTC, you guys, are, just wait. They're going to step in Fingers and tear the whole crossed. thing apart. Uh, yeah. Hey, let's get to this awesome panel. What's up, Fuzzy Belvedere? What up, dude? Not much. Glad to be here with you guys. Like you said. You know, the, the app formerly known as Twitter is just going through mm. all kinds of meltdowns. Finally, there's a, another platform that's not doing automatic uploads to Twitter. And now people start to realize how annoying it is. But, hey, you got that phone app. You can, you can still do stuff. Yeah. But uh, Oh, I forgot about that. Then there's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, Twitter's just been a gaming mess, really. Like, I, I, it's, it's, a circus, it's almost like man. it needs a cleansing. Yeah, it, it, it needs a cleansing. It needs to oh, be wow. a, uh, an enema of of gaming <laughs> nonsense. How would you on, go about doing that? How would you uh, propose Elon to give the gaming uh, Twitter spaces the enema? If you complain about Twitter, then you get banned and get the fuck off of it. <laughs> that's, no, that's no, no. no the, that's, that's I know true. one way that would scare some of the, the, the nonsense. Make a Game Pass-like model for Twitter. And, and well, no, because he already has to subscribe the blue Twitter blue. So I don't know no, how he's you got do to do it, good, man. He, you, you have, have to, to come up with like posts. a Twitter day, uh, day a, a, day a, tweets. a Twitter purple day or day something tweets. like that. <laughs> Pay per post. <laughs> I love that, Jasper. Yeah, your 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 posts won't uh, be actually shown for twenty four hours unless you pay us an extra ten dollars a month. <laughs> we have an idiot detection uh, system now, where like we can actually oh, see how much of a moron you are, and we're going to uh, mute your tweets if you are uh, lacking any kind of credible knowledge about anything. Uh, they need so, to bring that out ASAP. <laughs> that would be amazing. Hey, maybe AI could do that. Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that amazing be crazy yeah that'd be amazing <laughs> you know um yeah. hey jasper how you doing bro uh pretty good i was actually thinking about not making the show i had a like a fucking headache all day and oh that's just woke up from a nap so but yeah, i'm here we'll do it is that is that where you were yesterday too you were like gone yesterday. yeah i just didn't yeah just like whatever <laughs> just try to sleep <laughs> Like, I said I would be on in an hour, and I just fell asleep. I was like, "Fuck I don't it!" Know, like we, we were playing Diablo all fucking day, and you're like, "I'll be on in an hour," and then it was like five hours later, and we're like, "Where's Jasper?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're like, "Oh, you know what? He probably just went back to sleep. He probably li- we we get we th- this is how we thought it went down. Me and Pong, as we're talking about it, we thought that you probably looked at your phone and saw the message, and was like, "I'll be on in an hour," and then you just fell back asleep. And then it was five hours later, and you just didn't bother waking up. 
Is that is that about accurate? No, I was actually eating lunch and then I uh, watched Loki and then I was like, I'll be on an hour. And then I was just fucking tired. Oh, okay. and I was just like, whatever. All right. Close. Fair but... enough. I feel spurned, but it's okay. Um, Psycho, how are you doing, bro? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I would love if, you know, uh, Elon Musk had that idiot detection. Um, it would have saved me a lot of uh, energy uh, <laughs> this evening uh, trying to trying to combat this fucking oh my god i'm not even yeah i don't even go into this. any of the things that that guy said but like that was the holy weird mental gy- gymnastics this motherfucker even was typing i was like yo like like you said fuzzy uh his meds ran out and it it showed full force um, but by the way, he does have 72% female viewers, uh, out of his eight followers. So, yeah. you know, none of them are sex bots. So something to brag about, too. It's just a yeah. weird thing to even say in the first place. Fucking I've never looked but, at and, the percentage of my followers. It's probably 95% guys, I would assume. And the 5% that are not are probably like, <laughs> yeah, or the, or some of the awesome people in the community that are, that are not obviously, but like, I would never like go on Twitter and be like, look at this, look how many of my percentage of my followers, you know, like, it's just so weird, man, but Dude, that, that, it's, that happened, you know, oh my God. that's the kind it, of thing that Elon's AI should detect, right? If anybody yeah, makes a yeah. post like that in the future, automatically, you know, put them at the bottom of the barrel on the engagement. Um, well, the the funny thing is, is the the reasoning of all this fucking craziness even started is because I tweeted, replied to the Xbox um, the, after their showcase. Like what said, two? Go into it I know, too. but two weeks ago I posted, you know, amazing showcase to Xbox, yeah, and then two yes, weeks 12, later, 12, this 12, idiot is like, oh! he's like had this <laughs> mental breakdown, and he's just like. Oh, you're a freaking. This must be a one of your freaking accounts there, Xbox. Blah blah blah. And I was like, No, nah, I'm I'm not a fake account. I'm real. And then he just went into this regurgitation of like mental breakdown. I'm like, Bro, I yeah, can't he was, like, handle that. New graphs and stuff. It's Dude, so weird. And I'm anyway, like, all right, bro. So, yeah. but I've been playing Sea of Stars. Oh, not Sea of Stars. Star Ocean. Second story R. Uh, fantastic game so uh, what, far. What, what system have you been playing that on, Psycho? It's it's only on PS5. Oh, okay. Uh, and um, uh, fucking Xbox. Hey, you know what though? Uh, <laughs> my, uh, you know, I was like, you know what? It's been about eight months. Let, let me turn this uh, PS5 on. Uh, you know, it's just sitting here, <laughs> and so it's been been I've been using that playing it's it's great i love it it's like that modern environment and but it's like pixelated characters so it's kind of like how the new sudoken the new uh uh what is that right is this sudoken sukaden i'm sorry sukaden and then uh, like ryu from sudoken and a yudin and then a yudin chronicles 100 heroes uh, it's kind of like that. Um, 
art style so i i'm i'm pretty psyched so this is kind of what i wished final fantasy 7 remake was i kind of wish it was this modern back environment and then given it was given us the a 16 32 bit character model mm-hmm. and that would have been fun, fun phenomenal uh it, i think it would have been better off but hey yeah. they thought the the sony form that worked but uh their bottom line shows otherwise so yeah, well, I'm glad topics. you're enjoying the game, bro. Um, I'm gonna pick that up eventually, probably when it's on sale at some point. Now, I've been playing. Uh, it's only fifty bucks. Yeah, it's just so many games to play right now. Um, although I, I for some reason, I just keep playing racing games right now. I'm not playing anything else. And I've been playing Forza Motorsport, playing GT7. I, I picked up WRC, um, mm. and uh, it's actually really good too, man. Um, like it's really fully flat. It's fifty dollar game also. Uh, but it's if you have Game Pass, it's uh, forty five because of the EA Play discount, whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, then I had some rewards. So I ended up getting like for thirty bucks or whatever. But like it's uh, nice. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's like it, it's made by Code Masters now, right? So it feels like dirt and uh, like that bad. Not no, <laughs> dirt. Dirt was one of the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's uh, yeah, no, it, it's got like really deep career mode, like awesome uh, mechanics and the, the cars, like you can build your own cars, fuzz, uh, like from scratch, like you can pick all the parts and stuff. It's pretty sick. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm liking WRC. So if you're into racing right now, like I am, um, which I don't know wh- why I'm so addicted to racing right now, but I am. Uh, check out WRC. It might be worth it. It, it doesn't have like the graphics of like. A Gran Turismo or Forza, right? But um, as far as like dirt rally racing, it's like top notch, man. Absolutely awesome. All right, guys. So um, we may not be getting games in the future, though. Um, or we may not be getting games made by people. Um, according to the internet today. This uh, partnership that Xbox announced with InWorld, who is a AI, um, and more so on the uh, story side, character dialogue uh, side, uh, specializing in kind of doing like uh, quest branching and 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 uh, personalized like AI based on like um, Chat GBT type scenarios with like. Uh, personalized dialogue based on the games and stuff like that. Uh, according to the internet today, that this is the downfall of uh, people making video games in the future. So uh, we have a lot to be concerned about, apparently, which for some reason was never discussed when Sony formed their AI division in 2020, um, when they also bought an AI studio, and when other publishers all across the entire gaming industry have been investing in and researching and uh, improving AI technology to advance their games. Never was this spoken about before with procedural generation when that wasn't invented in gaming. Instead of handcrafting the entire game and all these levels, you know, you have procedural generation now to make these games bigger because can't fathom possibly having to hire that many people to make the games in the scope and scale of which they're trying to make them these days. So procedural generation is, uh, is the way that's been done, but like that's been done for a long time now. Never 
any discussion or concern about that. And uh, I think a lot of the reaction is a little overblown today with this news. I think it's actually pretty cool. Um, there's some pretty cool uh, features that could come to Xbox games in the future if the developers choose to use this uh, technology. Uh, there's some cool demos. One of them was uh, in Skyrim where somebody had used the, the in-world tools to uh, talk to the NPCs and be able to have like ongoing conversations with them by typing in like sentences and questions and all these kind of things. They just go up to random NPCs and talk to them. Uh, so you can kind of see how this can be used in video games in the future. Uh, but, oh, and I think it's overall, I understand some of the concerns more about the, the general thing with AI and gaming potentially replacing people. But at the same time, honestly, I really don't, I, I, I don't know. It's there's they maybe a small <laughs> in danger from all these machines. Um, uh, let's start with Fuzz. Overall thoughts on the in-world partnership they announced today? For me, it, it's it's intriguing and exciting. Now, of course, there is a little bit of, you know, I wouldn't say concern, but there is that fear that, yeah, it could, you know, change where a lot of things could be, like, mass layoffs. But I, I, I think my main focus is how it can help and expand games in general. Like, I think a lot of us are tired of those fetch quests where it's like, oh, I lost my leg. Can you find my leg or yeah. retrieve my sandwich from, you know, XYZ? If you're tired of those same static, you know, fetch and then quests. And his this... leg and then he just stares at you for like five <laughs> minutes. And he's like, hey, how's it going, stranger? <laughs> but I, I think that those are the, the, the big pros for this as far as being able to have a variety of different outcomes and, and interactions with NPCs and games and things like that. And like you said, procedural generation has been around in gaming for a while and it hasn't caused any major catastrophes as far as environmentalists uh, as, or environmental designers and, 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 and things along those lines. So yeah, because, I don't foresee why, this. Fuzz, they have to build the tools and, and, and implement the art and stuff that is being utilized by the technology. Yep. Right. And and not just that, but you still will have handcrafted stuff like even like perfect example, Starfield. There is procedural generation, but there's also handcrafted for some of the more focal points. So if you want to have it where some of the things that it would take umpteen years to handcraft procedural generation is a perfect fix. And like you said, there's still going to be those that have to implement that software, build the tools around all of that. But then there's also going to be the handcrafted stuff for like the more like home base stuff or or the you know recurring uh, scenery that you're going to you know constantly turn in quests or or return home or or have as your main base. So th there's room for everything. And if you're going to have a lot of like random NPC encounters on multiple worlds, or if you're now game worlds are becoming almost like whole continents as far as their map space. It would be it would make more sense to have that, so you're not having to record four hundred you know thousand yeah. lines of dialogue for a game that's probably geared to be eighty hours, let's say, yeah. and and the four hundred thousand lines of content as far as that would probably in itself be four hundred hours worth. So it's it, there's a place for it. 
I understand some people's concerns, but then again, are those same people, you know, making a big to do when McDonald's was like, hey, we're going to, you know, we heard the concerns about paying the livable wage for, you know, people at fast food places. We'll, we'll keep some people at that livable wage, but we'll also add kiosks. Were there pitchforks for someone's the kiosks that are now? Yeah, right. Anyway, so it's, they're yeah, not just going to like that, print it and ship it. They're going to someone's going to have to review well, it. The way I think <laughs> exactly. it's probably going to be implemented is the main story stuff is probably going to be more handcrafted, and then there may be even some like more important type. Um, we'll use start like a game like Starfield for as an example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some more of the more important side quests or faction quests type things would be like more like handwritten and all that kind of stuff and and more like yeah. a direct voice acted because they really want to make sure certain elements are key there to focus where the story is going to go right mm-hmm. then when i look at the potential implementation for some technology like this is where i used the example of procedural generation before this is mm-hmm. almost for me like procedural generation but for dialogue and for uh, quests that are extra, right? Missions yeah. and extra content and things like that to do. And like the random NPCs and all that stuff. How awesome would it be to rock up to one randomly and have like just a natural conversation and learn all about that character, right? And, and yeah. the writers involved uh, in the, would have the job of writing an entire backstory for this character, giving plugging all this information into the tool sets so that way, when you do engage with the character, it knows what to say based on who that character is, right? So it's not just mm-hmm. all completely chaotic, random stuff. It, like There's certain elements within these tools that help shape these games to fit within the gaming world, right? So right. this potentially creates different kinds of expertises as well within the gaming space it's more of an additive like experience yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna like increase the immersion of a game instead of like we've all played those games where you like you walk past like a, a random npc and they say the same line over and over again like <laughs> yeah it's gonna change it to where yeah. they have an increased pool of dialogue and it can change based on what's happened so it'd be like maybe you're wearing like a blue shirt and they could say like look at that guy walking down the street wearing a blue shirt instead of just like <laughs> look at this stranger they look at the stranger oh, and they just keep yeah, saying the that common, they what, can actually hello stranger <laughs> you know that's like one of the yeah. most common things you hear in like dialogue in some of these hello sir you know maybe well, they... actually like that's the additive part where they can like just keep addressing yeah. stuff that's changing in the game and eventually it will be like they may be able to react to events that they've mm-hmm. witnessed like maybe you shot someone in the face and be like oh my god this guy's crazy he just killed that guy and then like he tells everyone and they can start building off of yeah so like and games have been trying to do stuff like that for a long time so like you have mm-hmm. potential for think things like that to have a bigger impact on the worlds and stuff so i look at it like as a potential for growth in gaming and um yeah. and then the a- other aspect where people are concerned about people losing their jobs like and, and stuff like that over long term um i actually kind of look at it the opposite way as well like when you look at who i think this kind of technology is going to help the most. It's these smaller devs that only have like a few people and now could potentially be able to build games bigger than they ever thought possible before. Which people could are going to lose up, jobs and it's going to create jobs. Like, <laughs> right. Like, and yeah. it's going to help grow these studios that have a game that they can actually make into a better experience, a bigger experience. And then all of a sudden, 
now they need to hire for their next game that they're going to have even more handcrafted content in and all that kind of stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there, there's a lot of things. Now, you may have some games come out that are, like, purely, like, okay, we're going to really go off and experiment here, right? But uh, you can't tell me that these creatives, right, like the Todd Howards of the world and, and like, uh, a lot of these other people that are just really kind of visionaries with the kind of stories they want to tell are just going to leave everything up to AI, right? Hey, you just make the game for me. I'll sit back on my cozy little Todd Howard throne and just see what you cook up for me, man. And we'll see how it goes. Like, I don't, that's not the world we're going to live in, you know? Like, Dude, I can, like, I can already, like, imagine Kojima's game. He's going to, like, this cloud game's coming out, but his next game's going to be cloud AI. So where it's, like, his next game's going to pull like information from the cloud that like is relevant to us. And then the AI is going to write stuff based yeah. off that. So like you can have a game set in the future, but then it can comment on stuff that's currently happening in today's world. Right. Yeah. yeah and think that about the awesome. implications too, of like the entire player base data feeding into this, right? Like not just the real world, but like everybody playing the game. What if you have more of a shared world type gaming experience where the impacts of everybody kind of shapes more of the world based on everybody's actions like like they used to have these conquest modes and like multiplayer online games like one of my favorites was uh chrome hounds right where you had like when you played the multiplayer you would choose which of the three factions you wanted to be a part of and that the multiplayer mode always had each of the three like battling against for like map dominance right so like put Mm -hmm. that perspective of like okay you have an online multiplayer game or something like that and you have all of these players but like their actions actually could shape the reactions of the world that we're in as well where okay this this faction has been winning right so like the world reflects that in a way based on the interaction with the characters and all these kind of things and like maybe you're seen as a lesser uh, class or person because like you're in on the lower place squad or conquest mode whatever yeah (laughs) you walk around and some guy's like loser (laughs) just like a random npc (laughs) you know like uh, there's so many random possibilities that you could think and like uh, ultimately like i'm never against technology pushing the industries forward to be able to create bigger and newer things if if we had pushed back against this kind of mentality all along right procedural generation or, or this or that everything has to be handcrafted everything there can be no bugs everything has to be like 100%, you know, you just put it in, play it, amazing experience every single time, Uh, no updates, no day one patches, none of this stuff. We we kept fighting back against all these things that we hear all the time about complaints. We would all still be playing on games like Nintendo has on the Switch, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, it is what it is. Like, do we we want the entire dialogue? Do we want the entire gaming (laughs) industry to be that i mean i appreciate those games for what they are you know what i mean but like Mm -hmm. i also want these other bigger better worlds with more dialogue and more uh, interesting things going on and and advancements in technology is what helped us get to where we are today this is like adding color to the tv instead of being black (laughs) and white this is adding color to it (laughs) yeah but hey man those those people that made all those uh black and white uh screens you know they're gonna be out of their jobs jasper I don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> they just need to learn how to make ones in color now. That's all. <laughs> I, 
Psycho, <laughs> what's your overall kind of impressions on like AI and gaming? Are you, is this a concern for you, or are you more of like you know <clears throat> see how it goes or what? Um, I don't think it it shouldn't be a concern as long as they're using it as a, a helpful tool alongside regular game development. Yeah. Um, if they're not you using it to do most of the work where um you have whole teams being replaced by ai that's when an issue will come about um is when that happens but when they're using ai to help generate you know um things that are happening in the background in the you know generating uh the environment small things uh helping with uh conversations uh for dialogue um being able to uh actually have uh real conversations with um like they like you guys are saying that hey you know you're wearing um a ruby enchanted armor and then and, you know and they they mentioned that uh, that that just bring that kind of like brings more in the immersion that the actual ai the the npcs notice um your achievements notice uh the things that you've been doing in the game because it's tracking that and it's reflecting that in the dialogue that will that just brings it more uh of an immersion that uh really brings uh you know the care the, the fan base uh, into the game more, you know. So when it's something along those lines, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Yeah. Uh, as I said, so if they if they step out outside of that, uh, then yeah, we should uh, speak up, voice our opinions um, that we don't want. Yeah. Uh, you know, the 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 replacing actual people for AI um, because it's cheaper. Well, uh, at, that's at not some how... at some point too, though, like okay, so. For example, right? Let's say a game has bigger ambitions and of scale and scope than is really feasibly possible to hire that many people and take the time to fill in to do, right? So you have mm-hmm. like a lot of voice actors, and again, I'll use Starfield as an example because it's probably the most ambitious and scale and scope game I've seen in a long time, right? Like, so how many lines of dialogue do they have? Like seven hundred fifty thousand or something crazy like that, and all these like yeah. voice actors and all this stuff. And yet, you're still walking around. You still hear the same lines over and over again sometimes, and like you uh, still have like a lot of repeat things there. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like, and mm-hmm. okay, so let's say they wanted to really flesh that out and go even further uh, above and beyond, right? And be able to populate things more and uh go further with a lot of these other planets for the next starfield right and do all these other things well you're not feasibly really going to have okay we have three million lines of dialogue recorded by five hundred thousand voice actors and it's all we've captured it all to bring this world like you're going to start having ai voices (laughs) yeah no at some point like scale and ambition you have to have another method right so like technically right Technically, you could handcraft everything, and uh, <laughs> so you could say, "Well, it costs those people's jobs." But that, in in a sense, 
a game of that there's scale. There's like five scope. voice actors anyway. You got fucking Troy Baker and Owen <laughs> North, and that's about it. But like my point is, in a sense, like a game of that scale and scope never would have been created in the first place if it wasn't for the technology that exists to, to make it a possibility, right? Uh, for how they use the procedural generation in Starfield was the only way they could make it to where we no. have a thousand planets, right? So it, could they have handcrafted every single planet? Yes, but how many people and how much how, would it take 20 years to make the game? Uh, would it would they have to have like 100,000 employees? Like, okay, you guys work on this planet, you guys work on that planet, you know, get back to me in five years. Well, hopefully, this shit works out. Like, I, I don't, you know, um, <laughs> I, I see, I think with, with the AI, with the voice generated uh, dialogue, um, if like voice actors are able to put uh, go and you know record x amount of uh dialogue to kind of capture their essence their mannerisms the way they speak uh things mm -hmm. like that still pay their voice actors as they did a, a normal job and but this way now the the mp the ai is able to generate more dialogue on the fly that's more yeah, using their like voice. that though, because it's there's probably paid based off hours in the recording booth and the amount of lines. And if they do fake lines, they're, they're also not going to be in the recording booth, so they're going to lose that on pay. So they'll be pissed about that. But well, it well it's on either they get totally it. replaced or they have you know that that's where that's because that's where you have to you're kind of sign a new contract or like yeah be like yeah there's got to be a like a worker like with that kind of thing there's gonna as technology advances and games and scale change like then there has to be different methods of doing these kind of things right now i don't think yeah. you're gonna have one person doing the voices for starfield like or, or whatever and like oh ai will take care of the rest you're still gonna have a lot of voice <laughs> actors and and pay everybody and then like have ai kind of your main take, characters yeah take that yeah. because they still want unique delivery and all that kind of stuff as well. Like you don't want everything to sound mm -hmm. like a, com a bot or a computer or, or whatever. So there's gotta be personality inflection there as well. So I think there's a role and I feel like, um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it, but like, it's going to be a problem in other than just gaming too, because if you go in like YouTube or TikTok or any of these sites now, you can hear like, these like uh deep fake things were like okay uh hear the weekend singing a michael jackson song or whatever but it's like actually it's not really the weekend it's like uh, the ai voice yeah, there's like the weekend, entire like know? post malone songs written by ai and then like they put it through a voice so it kind of sounds like him and right. people actually think it's a real post malone song yeah it's stuff like that man <laughs> and it's like there's a lot of things that like yeah there's going to be interesting kind of policing of this kind of stuff to figure out how it works but like at the end of the day, I don't really think this technology that Xbox is partnering with them is going to really replace too many jobs. I think it's going to potentially just give extra tools to the developers to be able to create yeah. more fleshed out games, right? Especially like with smaller uh, smaller teams that are working on like uh, passion projects, kind of like Pentiment. Uh, imagine being able to have that small team, but having utilizing AI to help. Uh, flesh out the game quicker and you have games that are still really good developed games but you had the help with ai to kind of get you there faster 
uh, especially like if you're starting off as a as an indie developer and you're let's just say you're like one or two people and then but you utilize the ai and you have a mat a, a game that is to the point where you couldn't be able to do it on that scale with just you know just a handful of people so it's you know so the it's a it helps out on many levels so it's like it's just not big you know xbox is you know is the only one that's going to be able to utilize this smaller developers smaller teams um you know and passion projects uh can definitely be fleshed out quicker um if it's utilized properly and you you can still and if it doesn't seem like it's a you know, like a robotic voice speaking to you. When I think, yeah, like, there's a there's fine. a couple benefits and problems with this. Like another benefit is like it can improve a lot of the writing. Like some games just have like terrible like writing stuff, so it could improve that. But at the same time, like AI, like if you really start playing with it, like you can start noticing patterns within like AI and how it like writes stuff and talks. So like mm-hmm. you have to, it's it's gonna be a fine line of like. Once you like, like once you see it, you can you know it's AI writing. It's just like a, something that you have to experience. So like that's like gonna have to be yeah. Out. A good um, example is yeah, if you the watch, uncanny valley yeah kind of thing. If you if you watch the uh, there's a on in World's website there's a actual demo of somebody who implemented their technology in Skyrim, and he walked around to different NPCs and had he typed in like sentences and had conversations with the NPCs and stuff right, and they would react to what he said. Right, but like, and some of them were better than others, and one of them, like, you could kind of really tell, you know. But there was also kind of a more of a delay in the response because it had to like process and think what it was going to respond with as well, right? Uh, but this is still early stages with this tech yeah. too, and with that small team. Or this was like made by probably one guy that was messing around with it, you know what I mean? So it's like um, you're gonna have great. So now all my game conversations are gonna take thirty seconds for this guy to respond. <laughs> Pro- processing input from user. I will come back with the response shortly. Um, now it's gonna be interesting to see where it where it goes, but um, it's gonna I think help small developers. It's going to empower big developers. It short term it may cost some jobs, but also create new ones. Long term, mm-hmm. as AI takes into a hold uh, in the industry. Um, in all industries, is probably going to cost uh, quite a bit more jobs, right? Um, also, new jobs created, uh, but that's not just a gaming problem. That's like an an entire world problem with all of tech, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I mean every industry you can really think of, whether it's financial a- analysis or whether it's like uh, movies or um, music or um. I'm just using entertainment examples right now because obviously the gaming thing, but like uh, you could go through tons and tons of different jobs and really look at it and be like, oh, okay, I guess we don't need a person to do that anymore because AI can do it, right? Um, And technology keeps pushing that stuff forward, and that's just that's a reality of technology, but also being created as AI companies. Yeah. And that's also all these AI companies are also new companies that didn't exist before, or a lot of them, right? And you also have companies like Sony starting a AI division back in 2020. Uh, you have Microsoft uh, hiring people to do that kind of stuff as well. And so and it also creates jobs in a different industry and space, 
um that's growing right now rapidly so yeah like it, the world always changes you know what i mean and i don't always want to push back on a forward advancement of technology now we talk about the long-term aspects of ai and how dangerous it could possibly be like, wally uh, baby here we come we have judgment day we'll have another conversation yeah. you know 50 years from now whatever when these things are like we lose control and stuff you know like uh <laughs> they got stuff to worry about we'll see but like o- overall like in the gaming space for the short term i think um it's going to hopefully help things but also i think it'll run into its own problems like every other new technology does and i don't mm-hmm. think we're really going to see like this huge transformation all of a sudden just because of this partnership right yeah i mean perfect example look at the how the car replaced the horse and that was a big to do back in that day and it's created numerous other industries and and there are still horses people still use them for various things what? but there's tons of <laughs> horses still well, no, and just what no, but it, it, as far as that's concerned, like if you look at today now with, with cars in general, now there's more talk about automated cars and things along those lines where you have, you know, self-driving cars and how that may affect the delivery or, or trucking and things along those lines. So there's always going to be updates or replacements or, or you know, things along those lines to move us forward technology-wise and jobs will change. So the, you know, employment force out there will have to either change or update much like even just focusing on the gaming industry. There, there are other issues where they need to reevaluate some of these contracts. So voice actors, for example, I think it was uh, Lane Riddick that passed away not too long ago. Uh, they wanted to be able to keep his likeness and yeah. or his Lance, voice Lance in the Riddick. game. Lance Reddick, yeah. Lance Reddick. Um, they wanted to keep him in, in the game, but that wasn't originally written in the contract. And it's now to the point where these ongoing games should probably, not to be morbid in any way, shape, or form, but <laughs> they should probably look at having clauses in there should you, if you pass, do, does the earnings from the game go to family or how all of that works. So, Things like having AI and voice actors as it currently stands, some of those things probably need to be looked at where either the actors out there now need to have it where it's like, okay, if if, if my voice is used as a remix as an AI alternative voice, I get a percentage of the proceeds or, or some sort yeah. of residual from it. And that might be the way moving forward to kind of protect that part of the industry. But then again, those that are into programming for like environments or uh, quest lines and things like that. They may also want to dabble in AI programming. So that way they might be able to use that tool and give it more of that handcrafted feel without necessarily needing to use as many resources for, as far as people creating those by hand, they might be able to work towards, you know, directing those tools in that fashion. So and maybe you get there's, more there's, content of it. instead of like spending a week creating a level, maybe you just say, uh, design this level. And then you come back at the next morning and it's fucking made for you. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then you can go over it and, you know, tweak it to give it that more personal touch. But th- there's always going to be this ebb and flow as far as new tech jobs, new technology being implemented. So it's it it's the, the time to be afraid is when when it is Skynet time. <laughs> but even then, I like if we were worried about Skynet or if we're seriously worried about Skynet, then, you know, Things like military drones should be a bigger concern than what they are, or stuff like that. But <laughs> even still, it, it's 
at some point you have to, I wouldn't say have to give in, but you have to allow things to progress because there's all kinds of other opportunities or you know, possibly problems, but also more so benefits of things when, when we start advancing or moving forward as far as, you know, how these systems work and things along those lines. Yeah. So, it, we'll this see. is interesting, man. Because Rainbolt in the chat, shout out to you. Uh, I didn't know this, but I guess James Earl Jones like basically gave the rights to his voice to Disney to use for like future Star Wars projects, right? Uh, for Darth Vader, and they use a AI tool, right, to recreate his voice for uh, future uh, movies and Star Wars, which is like an interesting use of that tech. I'm wondering if there's like a singer, like a famous singer or something that's going to sell their voice and their rights to their voice to a record company or something. What like are you that. talking about? It's already fucking that way. They're all fake. Well, I, they, they all use auto tune <laughs> and stuff. You know what I mean? But like what I mean is like, OK, so let's say like um, Taylor Swift, for example. OK, yeah, let's say Taylor Swift it, it, 30 years or 20 years from now. She's 50 years old. It's like, I'm done with this. Right. Uh She's like, I'm losing my voice, whatever. I'm going to sell the rights to my voice for like $5 trillion or whatever it is worth then, I don't know, uh, to uh, whoever, record company. And they produce records with Taylor Swift's voice for like 100 years, right? Like, it's a kind of crazy thought that we could have. Um, something that just happened was the Beatles. God, I hope not. <laughs> it's just, it's <laughs> interesting. The Beatles just re-released a new song. They just released a new song. It's called Now and Then, and they were able to use technology because they, they would have done this before. They had re-released some like recordings from John Lennon and stuff uh, like in the 90s, uh, but the technology wasn't there yet but to be able to bring this last track there because they couldn't uh, separate the vocals from the piano or the drums or something because of the audio levels and stuff. So they were able to use today's technology to actually separate that stuff. So they, you know... Um, uh, Paul McCartney and and uh, Ringo and stuff. They went and um, did it. Now they like went and recorded over it, and now it's a full release. It's just first Beatles song in forever, right? Using this, mm-hmm. using some new technology. So like it, and then when they die, you can make them a hologram. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just it's just interesting. Where was it? Ringo is Ringo still alive? Right. Is it? Yeah, Ringo, I think, I think him it's still and Paul alive. Yeah, it's just, Ringo and Paul. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it depends. If if you're a conspiracy theorist, it's not the real Paul. So. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> is that a thing? Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's uh, interesting where technology is going. It's a weird world, right? Um, that we can actually have conversations with a computer like that seem real, and it's just going to keep advancing further and further, and Every industry is going to find a way to take advantage of it. Yeah. And that's just the world we live in. So we can fight it or hope they use the tools as responsibly as possible and create some awesome shit out of it. I vote for that. Yeah. So anyway, um, good thoughts there, guys. Um, We'll see what happens with uh, in world, and like I said, I think it'll probably be a long time before we really see any results. Like, like the uh, example from Sony AI, they formed in 2020, and we really just now saw the first thing that they've really kind of contributed to uh, Sony, which was uh, teaming up with Polyphony on the 
uh, new update for Gran Turismo um, with mm-hmm. the new AI's model they have for cars. Um, Sophie. For, yeah, it's called Sophie. Yeah. S O P H Y. Don't know why they mm-hmm. how they came up with the name, uh, but that's what it's called. And it's new technology that Sony AI's team that they started in 2020, which had no outcry. Did y'all hear anybody randomly saying they're never going to play a game again if it from Sony if they use technology back in 2020 when they formed the studio? I- no, but but there was the outcry that the AI was too good and it was beating like professional drive or not professional drivers but like professional. Yeah. But that, um, that's why like they created it. Drivers. They wanted to like <laughs> it's like they wanted to do the thing where like can the computer beat the chess player right? Like mm-hmm. th- that's why they created this like AI is like can. We create AI that beats the best racers out there. You know what I mean? Um, so that's that you get more rewards if you race against the, the, that AI because it's so good. Yeah. Right? So um, I mean, it, the 2.0 is not as good as the one that they tested a few months ago, mm-hmm. but it, it's it is better than what their standard AI was. But it could still be dialed up here and there and yeah. expanded upon in the game, but. Uh, yeah, there were there were no real outcries. People aren't throwing away their PS5 or their you know GT7 disc or or the uninstalling the app or anything like that. So I'm pretty sure Spider-Man Two has some use from AI um, as well. And for me, it doesn't matter if it's a voice actor or dialogue, like or or whatever, or if it's somebody that creates art or if it's somebody that's level design or whatever. It's all jobs, right? Like so yeah. procedure. So I'm joking about procedural generation because that's existed for a long time. And technically that could cost jobs if you want to look at it that way. Right. But like it's also created games we never would have gotten otherwise. So um, the uh, Spider-Man 2 has some technology in it that's uh, had been talked about. Rumors had started way back in March um, that it was even going to potentially have chat GBT functionality in it using new dialogue options and stuff. And. Um, I, I don't really know what all they did for the NPCs in that game. Um, they haven't really talked about it m- much more now, but like turn them into sugar cubes. There was there was articles from like <laughs> Dual Shockers, like PlayStation Lifestyle, a bunch of websites and stuff talking about this. Uh, could they be using this new Chat GPT dialogue system, like and stuff for for Spider Man Two? Right? How awesome that would be, you know? Um, didn't see people wanting to boycott or think be afraid of the jobs at insomniac for that or anything like that you know so it's just interesting that today all of a sudden like concern over the future of video games and and uh the industry because of one partnership made by microsoft well remember it's microsoft bad sony good Mm. yeah that's right didn't they also just acquire a another AI company recently um, at Sony. Yeah. Yep. I size, I size. So yeah, it's some sort of like filtering thing for movies and other entertainment content, which will probably also lead into gaming into some extent. So mm. didn't see any outcries other than people were, I guess, hoping for a CD Projekt Red, but you know they got I size. <laughs> A little bit different uh, kind of acquisition there for sure. What? What? No, no fucking two K. No. Uh, um, what was the other one? EA. Um, EA. Mm. Uh, it was EA. I just have oh, to Square laugh when Enix. I hear those. You know those massive 
they got all this money, they can just go buy these studios, and it's AI. Yeah. Um, no, I'll cry. No, I'll cry. Of course, no. But Xbox. It's more likely for Take Two to acquire Sony. Well, not quite, but the way they're going, it might wind up being the case in a couple of years. Take Two acquire Sony PlayStation. Oh, <laughs> crazy! It's due to the growth of our revenue because of our um, use of new AI technologies at Take Two and the success of Grand Theft Auto. We have grown to an enormous size, and we need our own platform, so we're going to buy PlayStation. <laughs> oh man! Anyway. Crazy, crazy stuff, guys. Get a game every six years. Yeah. Well, this hopefully will maybe this will speed up development on games. We'll see. Um, I I don't actually foresee it. <laughs> People are talking about this is going to speed up. Like games are going to take way less long. I just think this is potentially going to add new problems. Also, it like, but also potentially help in ways as well. So we'll we'll see how all this plays out. Um. Anyway, uh, moving on. Um, Mike Abara of Blizzard uh, had some comments uh, in an interview from IGN. He's an AI. Is he? Yeah. Um, so uh, thanks to Pong for sharing this in our DMs earlier. This is from Bloomberg. Actually, it's from Bloomberg. Okay. I'll, I'll read this one. I did see an IGN interview, a sit-down interview, but I'll read the Bloomberg one instead. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Ibarra, who spent more than two decades at Microsoft before joining Blizzard in 2019 and becoming president in 2021, said he has yet to discuss his own future with Spencer. He would like to stay at the studio as long as possible. Someone will drag, someone will drag me out of Blizzard, Ibarra said. That's how long I will be here. So he wants to stay at Blizzard, right? Which is interesting. Does that mean he would refuse a promotion to head of ABK if that was offered and still kind of head of Blizzard? Or he's just like loves Blizzard so much he just wants to maintain that position. Um, hmm, I don't know. We'll see after Bobby's shown the uh, the golden parachute in the front door. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Meet Kamar says, "Can we replace IGN with AI?" Um, <laughs> they already have. What are you talking about? I guaranteed I, half of those goddamn journalists are using it. <laughs> Well, maybe we could get AI game reviews from IGN. I'd probably do a better job. It's, it's like the uh, lady on the plane is like, you are not real. <laughs> <laughs> Every game we play. That's MF gonna... right there. It ain't real. <laughs> You're not real. You're, are, you a, are you AI? I'm going to play every game now not knowing if it was like AI or if it's a, like a voice actor, you know? Um, try and, We'll try and guess. Well, if you play Spider-Man 2, it's all AI. I don't think that's... That explains the sugar cube. That's not true, Psycho. What's not true? Spider-Man 2 is all AI voice acting. Well, they used it. They used AI. They used some AI tech and stuff, but, like, there's a lot... They had a lot of, like, voice actors and stuff, too. Yes. I know, but I'm shit-talking. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's shit talking from its infactual information here on fun speculation, I guess. So, um, but all right, so it's like, it's like IGN. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Ibarra said on the heels of the acquisition, he still intends to have big teams working on the largest franchises, but he is also open to less mainstream projects, including a possible return for StarCraft. Under Kodak, many Blizzard staff members with experience developing real-time strategy games left the company. 
fuck you for that, Bobby. Um, anyway, that wasn't in the article. I added that. Um, mm-hmm. So if the franchise does return, Ibarra hinted that the next iteration could be in a different genre altogether. Um, this is uh, that part to me speaks to kind of like the whole aspect of like Blizzard was only allowed to make games under AB with a under Activision that were these massive like long term money machine type games like which we brought this you talked about this uh last week jasper on xbox ultimate about like maybe they couldn't figure out a way to like really extra monetize starcraft maybe that's one of the reasons they uh let it go and this kind of ibarra is kind of hinting at that right here you know what i mean like under Kodak, many blizzard staff members with experience developing rts games left the company so if the franchise does return ibarra hinted that the next iteration could be in a different genre altogether. So maybe the next game wouldn't be RTS if they bring StarCraft back because they lost all the employees. But this opens the door, like he said, to different kinds of less mainstream projects. That would have happened. Talk, I don't know if Fallout, Yeah, I don't know if you got to the part, but I think he also <laughs> talks about, like, without being under Activision, he has a little bit more freedom so they can... Um, they don't have to, like focus necessarily on making a game that they can monetize just to offset some of that profit. Um, so maybe he can go back to a StarCraft RTS now since he doesn't have that uh, downward-looking Activision saying, yeah. give us more money. I, I, it, I will say, just it, this is outside of what we're just talking about, but it's a little ironic that our bot just typed somebody <laughs> G-Maybe out did the bot yeah. do that? Yeah, the bot did it. Oh. Deleted yeah, timed him out. Oh what? The bot did? Yeah. The bot did the night bot did Damn AI. <laughs> the AI is like, oh no, you it don't timed him out? Why? It it timed him out and they deleted deleted his fucking uh, his message. All he did was A I G N. That's all oh, he, he had put. the dots so it looked like a website or whatever. And I I don't I don't know. But, oh, the Nightbot yeah. says, nice try, stop posting links. That's not a warning, stupid bot. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, G-Maybe. <laughs> sorry, the man. AI strikes again. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I take back everything I said about this damn AI. Just get it out of my video <laughs> games. I'm going to get banned if we're playing. Like, it's going gonna... to... Uh... <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, sorry, sorry, man. Uh, anyway... I, I can't undo it either, I don't think. No, he's well, back. It's all right, he's, he's back. back. It was uh, only five seconds. Okay, all right. <laughs> right on. Uh, oh, only five seconds? It was a five-second oh. timeout warning. Oh. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> don't, don't put in dots. <laughs> Sorry, G-Maybe. Don't put in dots in your uh, messages, I guess. The AI doesn't can't decipher that it's oh, not a shit. fucking link. <laughs> mm. Um. Any, so... Oh, All right, so this is one part. Um, Blizzard staffers uh, are particularly hopeful that the new regime will restore the studio's sense of autonomy. In an interview, Blizzard President Michael Barra Why said... a new regime? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Barra said that Spencer had indicated that he wants Blizzard to be more like the independent studio it once was. I absolutely love that, Abara said. It motivates the teams. Blizzard became part of Activision in 2008 and for years remained largely self-governing. But in the late 
2010s, Kodak and his executives ba- began pressuring the studio to cut cost. Expanded, but this isn't from Abara here, but this is from, from the writer. Um, who, who wrote this? Was it Schreier? Yeah, it's Schreier. So it's probably accurate. Um, Kodak and his executives began pressuring the studio to cut costs, expand development teams, and produce games more quickly. The interference was unwelcome to company diehards. Uh, in 2018, Blizzard co-founder and CEO Mark, Mike Morhaime stepped down. Many other veterans followed. By contrast, over the past decade, Spencer has taken a largely hands-off approach to the dozens of games uh, teams that Microsoft has purchased. Abara says he expects the precedent to continue at Blizzard to the benefit of all. In the two years he has been in charge, Abara said, he, has, he had to run many decisions up the chain of executives at Activision, slowing everything down. Going to Phil and saying, hey, can we do this? I think he would look at me and go, run your studio. Abara said, I do think our decision-making will be faster. Um, it's weird. I thought people said that Microsoft was going to ruin Blizzard and, and Activision and just kind of like make the, and turn them into shit. Uh, it sounds like they're pretty damn excited about some of the extra freedom they're going to get, man. Don't um, worry, they'll all leave. <laughs> <laughs> Before the acquisition, Blizzard's hits, misses, and delays could significantly impact the share price of Activision. Moving forward, Blizzard will account for a much smaller slice of the $2.6 trillion Microsoft, a difference that, in theory, could ease the overall pressure on the studio and give Ibarra more leeway to share numbers and results with his employees. Those kind of changes, I think, are going to increase transparency in an awesome way, Ibarra said. Um, one frequent question among staff is whether Blizzard will now be allowed to experiment more freely. This is the part you're talking about, Jasper. In recent years, Blizzard has increased the focus on billion-dollar franchises such as Warcraft, uh, Diablo, and Overwatch, a narrower emphasis that was on full display at the company's recent BlizzCon convention in Anaheim. Meanwhile, both fans and employees have lamented the lack of attention for beloved yet less successful games such as the long-dormant StarCraft. Arbara said that on the heels of the acquisition, he still intends to have big teams working on the largest franchises, but he is also open to less mainstream projects, including a possible return for StarCraft. Under Kodak, many Blizzard staff members with experience developing RTS uh, games left the company, so if the franchise does return, Ibarra hinted that the next iteration could be in a different genre altogether. It's not me saying, go make a StarCraft game, Ibarra said. I need to have someone who has the vision and passion that comes with the idea, and I'll bet on that team. Um, at the moment, Spencer's broader vision for gaming revolves around the around Xbox Game Pass, a subscription service in which users pay a monthly fee for access to a catalog of games. At Microsoft, the focus on a broad subscription offering can greatly influence what kinds of projects are valued. Developers can help bolster Game Pass with titles that strongly appeal to a particular demographic, even if they don't sell millions of copies to the masses. Yet another potentially major change for everyone at Blizzard. Um, wow, this is almost like stuff we said, like, a long time ago about Game Pass, and everybody was like, hey, it's gonna kill gaming, mm-hmm. it's just trash stuff. Like, yeah, it, I mean, none of this matters anyway, it's leaving in 2027, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> Barra, who spent more than two decades at Microsoft before joining Blizzard in 2019 and becoming president in 2021, said he has yet to discuss his own future with Spencer. He would like to stay at the studio as long as possible. Yeah, so, man, interesting stuff. From uh, Jason uh, Schreier, I kind of hate reading mm-hmm. stuff from him, but like at, at the same time, you got to. <laughs> he's a, like he's a really good journalist that that is a really 
shitty agenda a lot of times, but like he actually has like really deep connections and insights to a lot of things. So it's like, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, thoughts on Ibarra. Like is, is this, I mean, this seems like everything we talked about and wanted to hear. Right. And this Mm -hmm. is two weeks after the acquisition. We kind of know where they're why why that energy was so high at BlizzCon from those developers right now. I think you heard the. I mean, he had that little like Xbox kind of talking point there at the end where he's like, "Yeah, just if the team's passionate about it and they want to do it, then they can approach me, but we're not going to force them to do it." So right, that's kind of like Xbox's whole thing. Yes, it's it's like they can take that approach now, just like Xbox is taking that approach with their developers now. Blizzard teams have more freedom with under Blizzard because Blizzard itself has more freedom under Xbox, right? Um, so, and that Microbara connection now being ahead of Blizzard, like Blizzard, I think, is going to be one of the all-stars of this whole thing, right? I think, for me, bigger impact, personally, it has more franchises that I, that I like. I mean, I love Call of Duty as well, but, like, I mean, Blizzard's really got some gems, and they, I, I think they're probably the more talented developers to be honest with you as well um Mm -hmm. like their games are just optimized like crazy dude like um they have issues sometimes and stuff but like overall like when they launch they run smooth as butter they look great like amazing audio like good good graphics the cinematics are second to none you know um just super talented uh, what's your biggest takeaway from this fuzz? I think the big thing now is, and I, I've kind of hinted at this before. I'm wondering if eventually the alignment of Activision Blizzard King doesn't get somewhat separated. Like, mm-hmm. I think Ibarra would be a great fit for the overall for Activision, but if he's as pa- as passionate as it sounds in that interview about Blizzard just in particularly blizzard leave them in charge of blizzard allow blizzard to kind of stand on its own as your premier pc and you know console platform you know provider type of deal and and let him kind of run that ship you know with with the freedoms that that he needs for his teams um i think the big thing now is that a lot of the stuff that was under Bobby Kotick as far as their their outlooks on how the pressure may be to focus on monetization. That may not be the focus. Well, it doesn't sound like it's that, that's the focus anymore. Not saying that they won't have any monetization, but it, yeah. it, it's not like the the livelihood of Activision Blizzard relies solely on the shoulders of Blizzard's you know IPs delivering subscriptions with mm-hmm. World of Warcraft or monetization with whether it's the mobile uh, version of Diablo Immortal or just Diablo itself with their, you know, $20 skins and stuff. So I I think it allow, it'll be kind of like you said, some of the stuff we see with Xbox studios currently, and even some of the Bethesda studios where they, they can focus on the passion projects or focus on what they want to focus on that when they have that, 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 you know that green light or freedom to do that they can make awesome games or make awesome experiences or or build on existing experiences uh, to make the fans even happier or, or keep the the fans more engaged for even longer so I, I i think it sounds like all of the hopes that we were looking for with this this acquisition 
are kind of starting and it just takes until it, it, it doesn't even have to wait until January to get Bobby out the door. It already sounds like some of the stuff is going on and may have been kind of, you know, talked about, but not on paper or officially talked about, uh, you know, prior to the actual ink being dry kind of thing. So it sounds like they're already pretty much ready to hit the ground running kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, a bar is the right person to have there for that. So. We'll yeah, I, I agree. Alvin in the chat says too. He th he thinks they were always going to be kind of decoupled, like Activision and Blizzard. That there was not going to be a one boss over the two, and that that got and me also, thinking too. Yeah, you go ahead first. Yeah. I was just going to say also, people like keep saying like, put Mikey Barr in charge of Activision Blizzard King is all that stuff, but like, we don't have to have some of these like forward facing people like actually be that. We can have someone that's like a leader of Activision, but they're not on camera all the time. And then whenever they want to do their appearances, they just have the, the head studio dude talk about their game instead of having the CEO of fucking Activision come out and be like, yeah, we're making Call of Duty again, folks. Like, you just have <laughs> your head studio come out. You don't have to have the CEO come out and talk about it. So maybe we yeah. have like more of a, a closed door type of leader in that position. So if there is yeah. end up kind of like a restructuring of the hierarchy of ABK itself, right? Which it seems like they're kind of all hinting that it might might be the case, right? Blizzard is met, maybe changes kind of who they report to or whatever. And for um, Microsoft can kind of handle all of that however they want to, right? So I'm I'm wondering if it would be a possibility with this spirit in mind, right? You have King. You know, then you have Blizzard, you have Activision. What if you split Activision into two and have your Call of Duty team, right? Just Call of Duty. The second team fucking. <laughs> well, the second team would be like your Toys for Bob, your like Beanox, you know, um, maybe like it, so the, the re but that's the problem is like who do you decide because like they're yeah, all entangled in, in, in the call of duty thing so the the catch would be the studios that are working on multiple projects right or like like infinity ward has a second project right um but my thinking is those other studios i want them freed away from call of duty right and there's certain studios that focus on call of duty so what if you kind of like we're able to kind of split those studios away in a like more mm -hmm. of a like official way, so that way they aren't tasked with supporting COD or like relied on from the Activision like head ups. You know what I mean? Like, um, in that case, you would have more. You would kind of separate them out. Maybe it's Treyarch and Infinity Ward or or whatever, right? Sledgehammer. Uh, maybe part of Raven or something. I, I don't know. And then you kind of say, all right, this is the Call of Duty team, right? Officially. And then we're going to grow that team from within, right? So we mm -hmm. don't need as much support. And we'll use AI to do everything. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but then you have all those other studios that have been handicapped and not like able to make their own games and stuff, like able to kind of potentially flourish i think it's something activision couldn't have afforded to do themselves the only reason activision was growing is so they could keep funding the call of duty monster like that's why they kept yes. opening new studios and hiring new people was to keep funding and growing that call of duty monster 
Yeah, but they, they I think Microsoft has like they, they want obviously Call of Duty to still be a monster, right? They they yeah. do. You know, but they can afford to keep growing those teams more so that have that super experience with Call of Duty. Um and then take advantage of those other teams to fill your subscription service with more games, right? Like I don't know, yeah. man. Yeah, it's just like it's the thing is like we can use like Beanox for example. They just opened a new studio uh like last year or this year or something like that. But also like sure. the original people that made like Beanox games back in the day, are they still there? Like I don't, I don't think know, that cause... matters as much as it used to for some of these studios because like there's still people there that have ideas and have talent. Well it just it just you know? yeah, I get that, but it seems like to me it just like because Beanox well, has been forced to do Warzone content. Yeah. And it kind of it's like Almost just like putting a person in a machine at Activision instead of having mm-hmm. like that freedom. So like, well, see, it's going to be thing. weird pulling the people out of the machines and then giving. Yeah, them the I agree, but I think I think I mean I'm speaking as a consumer, yeah. right? Like, Beanox is makes different kinds of stuff, right? Raven used to make different kinds of games. They used to do tons of licensed games and all these kind of things, like. Um, High Moon Studios made the Transformers games, right? Um, these are things we're not getting anymore, you know? Like, I think the, I mean, the last other kinds of projects we got from Activision besides COD is like, you got a few crash random Tony things, <laughs> and then you got the Tony Hawk thing. I mean, there's literally been a handful in the last uh, five years, you know? And yeah. if you look at the amount of teams they have to think about how many more games they could be making if they weren't fed into that machine and given their identity back you know like can they do something that's my point is the identity still there and that's the thing jasper where these studios with under now under microsoft they can either uh split up and they'll still have you know whoever wants to make cod can and then you know start a new studio to make these older titles or newer IPs that they want and hire and possibly like the people that used to work at Beanox and High Moon and Toys for Bob and Raven Studio, uh, Ravensoft. If all these guys are like, hey, they're hiring, making something outside of Call of Duty, they might come back um, if they're not 100% happy where they were. Saying if they were truly happy where at you know these studios under activision now being under xbox we could see them come back to and flourish and deliver and make these really great games that they used to be known for and you know and like the spyro team uh the the crash bandicoot team um transformers as mav was saying those guys that you know Hasbro's been out here. Uh, you know, we've heard them saying, hey, you know, it'd be great if we, you know, have a Transformer game. And then Lulu's like, no, we got the code. We're still good. And then something comes of this. And I think we can see th- that something could come out from this and hire back some of these older talents and newer talents uh, that are making these IPs that uh, people really love. Um, and of course, flourishing under Game Pass, and that, that's kind of what uh, you know. F- that's Phil Spencer's kind of vision. You know, he kind of wants to get the 
get gaming from E from everyone to mature. He kind of wants that whole thing so everybody can see value into into Game Pass, not just like us diehards. And, yeah, it's you know the older older crowd. It's kind of speaking that company line to empowering the devs, right? To like, Correct. you know, um, allow them. It's and great for like, gamers. Ibarra said the same thing, and like I think I, I've got a feeling it's got to go into Activision as well. It's just like. I think it. I think it will be a harder process. Yeah, it's it's going to take longer. That's the that's the thing yeah. with Activision. It's going to take a lot longer to to break that up. Oh, but those to, those devs got to be chomping at the bit and so happy to do so, though, right? Like, I mean that that would be like the tough like, I guess team meeting question. Like, do you go to all the teams at Activision and be like, all right, everybody line up. Those that want to work on Call of Duty take a step forward. And when we say Call of Duty, that means Black Ops, that means uh, Warzone, that means everything. If that's what you want to do, or you have ideas to help improve or work on those games specifically, take a step forward. Everybody else, your teams will now uh, fall back on possibly other IPs that you've done in the past. I, I, I could see it going one of two ways. Either everybody takes a step back so they don't ever have to work on Call of Duty. <laughs> and then now you have like five people that are like, I, I guess I'm going to be working on Call yeah. of Duty. Or or you're going to have, um, you know, everybody uh, take a step forward because they don't necessarily even want it. Like the teams that would have want to work on Prototype aren't the, the people that would want to work on Prototype aren't there anymore. Or no one has interest in doing a Prototype or true crimes or something to that effect so it's i think the easiest the easiest way microsoft can transition this activision thing and this off this call of duty monster is first of all you have to say like we just acquired you we know you want your freedom or whatever but you have to work on call of duty for the next few years get out the forecast of games that you've already kind of planned out but also we're going to transition Call of Duty into a live service game that we can build off of that way we don't have the tap all you make a new fucking call of duty game every year you can just keep yeah. adding on to it. What, what so you have to like, transition Call of Duty itself before you can transition the studio. What if they do like every yeah. Call of Duty like every three years and then like really support those games, right? Like heavily with content for three years. You That's know my I mean? point. You have to transition yeah. Call of Duty before you can transition the right. studios. So we know they probably have those games in the pipeline. The the, the rumored next one next year is going to be a Black Ops from Treyarch, right? Yeah. Um. And there's already rumors about setting and name and all that kind of stuff too, I think. But uh, so that's an anticipated thing. This year's COD was a cobbled together thing, right? For the sake of getting a game out, they've done this before, but it is still a, a full campaign with a full zombies mode and a multiplayer. It's just kind of like a little bit like a little disorganized with the campaign, it seems like. But the um, <laughs> anyway, the reviews on that are just. Uh, crazy but anyway besides that um i think the college Duty community would actually embrace that jasper i mean yeah. they're kind of sick of having to buy a new game every year but also like get rushed ones as well like you really every three years if they did that how with the amount of awesome talent there they like they could really flesh these there there is out, some man. I, it's a positive and a negative because like there's certain people that only like the black ops style games there's certain people that only like the yeah. modern warfare so you're like 
those people that only like those certain games, they're going to have to wait a lot longer, and you may lose fans in the long run. Um, more fans more make, quickly. Could they make better ongoing content for those games? Because if if they change the model too, you know, so that it helps the engagement, like other live service games, you know, like where they're still successful three years later. Um, I I have a feeling like they could figure out a way to double down on support for the games to be like bigger expansions, bigger content updates while still allowing the other lead team more years. You know, I mean, that's pretty much what the next Treyarch game is, is they got an extension on their dev time because they are, they had a, they're forcing Treyarch to switch to the infinity ward engine so they can have some yeah. content pass through. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what we're getting. So I think we wait and see what the next Treyarch game is before we can actually see if probably is going to keep building on itself or yeah. if we're just going to transition to a new and, game entirely. And just don't have Sledgehammer be the lead on any Call of Duty games. Okay? <laughs> Infinity Ward and Treyarch, right? And then have Sledgehammer The problem be... with Sledgehammer is like they didn't they weren't able to have their creativity in this game. They were forced to it. That's the problem I, with Sledgehammers. They've all forced to do stuff, and they haven't really got to experience their own thing. They were forced to do World War II game. They didn't really want to do that. The only one they got to do themselves was Advanced Warfare, and people actually kind of like Advanced Warfare now. So, yeah, retroactively, oh, nostalgia's a bitch, yeah. right? It always gets you. <laughs> oh, remember those days when we played Advanced Warfare? When at the time we were all shitting on it, and ate on it. Same thing they'll do with Modern Warfare Three and and like all this stuff. Like five years from now. You know what? That Modern Warfare Three game was actually pretty damn good. I didn't necessarily mind that one so much. You know, I kind of miss those days. You know, <laughs> well, Sledgehammer, I really pulled that one out of their ass. Now, didn't they? You know, but I, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, obviously, I think Sledgehammer is like the not as successful with the Call of Duty campaigns and franchise as Treyarch and Affinity Ward, who had established black ops and modern warfare between the two you know what i mean like i um it, i think sledgehammer has their place within call of duty i just not as one of the main <laughs> teams right so maybe but just if, stick them if on you Warzone. Were to, if you were to make a new studio with mixtures of ones from treyarch from infinity ward from sledgehammer from Binox and whatnot that was only doing anything Call of Duty related. What would you call it? The machine. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, Team COD. I don't know. You have like a fish logo. Duty Studios. <laughs> Duty, Duty Studios. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Um, Essentially, they would be like the Coalition for Gears or Three Four Three for Halo. They possibly should just focus on making a dedicated studio to that. Like, I'm I'm wondering if at some point, if Playground doesn't wind up doing a split between uh, Forza Horizon and Fable, um, but you know, right now they're they're working well with doing it as two two teams, uh, to, uh, each one doing a separate game. But I think at some point, it's probably best for them to, you know, like Jasper said, do the transition with the game, but eventually transition to make a dedicated studio that's a mix of all that only focuses on it and go from there and have and the that's other ones. That's also the thing is you got to ask what is Call of Duty now because 
the majority of the players are for Warzone, yeah. and that's Raven's baby. So, like, mm. would you argue that Raven's the more important Call of Duty studio for Call of Duty overall because they have the majority of the players? That's the majority of the income, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Ra- Raven. Um, I mean, I think you know the Warzone team would be separate from the other Call of Duty team, right? So, um, I don't know, man. It's interesting, like, to think about it. But plus, also, like, you may have some rift at the studio. Like, I didn't want to be part put into the Call of Duty guys. I wanted to be with yeah. the other guys, right? Um, <laughs> And then Phil's like, don't worry. If, uh, if you don't like it, we're going to replace you with AI. Be happy. Um, <laughs> but no, I think... We'll take uh, your Game Pass away. <laughs> yeah, we'll take your Game Pass benefit away. <laughs> no, we gave it back. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, shit. That's a good one. Um, yeah, we'll we're see sorry what, for we'll taking it away. We'll, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but you yeah. Keep I, Game Pass, but you're gonna, we got to lower your pay. <laughs> buy a thousand dollars a month. Yeah, uh, but you get Game Pass. Or, uh, we looked at I the value of the Game games Pass. that are in Game Pass, and we see that you're getting about a twenty five hundred dollar a month value there at least. So we're gonna cut your salary by that much, uh, or you can have Game Pass, <laughs> or or you can give up Game Pass. One or the other. Um, man, I uh, well, I think it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Like Michael Barra said the we'll kind of find out that some of their plans over the next couple months, what Microsoft has planned for them, that they're going to have meetings and all this kind of stuff. It's been refreshing and really crazy to see how invested and on board, like a blizzard is like cheering on this thing. And I feel like they are the winners out of all, this whole thing more than anybody, because you know, that, that Bobby Kodak thumb that was just pressed down on them for so long is like, is now picked up. Right. And, uh, Phil, God, it's like such a such a disparity between the two people, you know. Yeah, Phil Spencer now in charge of everything, and then and before it was Bobby Kotick. Like, it's got to be such a breath of fresh air. There, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, you can't have two more different kinds of CEOs, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's night and day between the two. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm still predicting he goes to PlayStation. Kodak. God, yeah. that'd be crazy. Nah, he just goes sits on his yacht. <laughs> yeah. God, I, I would I would love to see that. That would be insane though. Fuzz. Kodak goes to PlayStation. It, it is I mean, as much baggage as he has. I I think he would probably be the best replacement for Jim Ryan. Um, Sony would get time. so much shit for that, though. They, I mean, but it's CR-wise. Sony. They won't. They won't. The people will yeah. look it over or or ignore it. He, that. he only would, did that on Activision, guys. Calm down. Yeah, Sony. <laughs> it, it, it was the <laughs> Activision made him. It was actually the the it was the, actually the female HR director that was doing it. So it wasn't really Bobby Cortex. So we love Bobby now. Oh hell, I mean. It, Honestly, though, like PlayStation's having like financial trouble, and that's what Bobby Kotek did for Activision. He saved him. He brought Activision for, to a multi-billion-dollar company. Um, yeah, but he did sell them because they were having financial trouble. Yeah, 
<laughs> because of him, hey, mainly. Ebbs, ebb and flow. It's like a roller coaster. <laughs> because his slime. Well, you, you got to grow entire... Sony back up, and then when your plan starts failing, then you got to kick him out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine being the CEO and being so dirty that you're pretty much responsible for like the entire like fall of your um share prices just because of the culture that you influenced. God. <laughs> like uh, yeah, I mean, hey, he 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 rode the wave, made him a ton of money, and then cost him a ton of money. But uh, yeah. I I just I get this feeling. Uh, Jim Ryan will uh, be well. Jim Ryan is still there on in name only, and then uh, Bobby in you know February, January, February. Yeah, be over there playing, paying a visit. <laughs> and I think some of the like former blizzard people that had left because of the culture that had been becoming uh made like permeating throughout the them and they all felt kind of like okay we're forced to do these things in this solemn way and like we're don't have any freedom all these things and so like chris metzen he's came back right like yeah around the time that we all kind of knew that this thing was closing chris metzen came back and we saw him at blizzcon right i'm wondering if we're going to see kind of some of these other people like return there you know and and really influence that culture i think a mike Barra is the right person there after seeing him i mean he's he is like um it's the same message that phil permeates, he had a, he had know? to revert back to his xbox pr talk yeah he was like, man, i can't do was, my blizzard i was like okay well i guess he, i'll t- take my microsoft training and just <laughs> he was a pro at it man and like but i think like when you saw him get emotional talking about the employees and stuff it kind of like you saw like that fact that he actually cares and gives a shit about them. Right. So um, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens. And I think uh, the most interesting thing, I think blizzard, we can kind of see the future there. Right. Like, but that call it the Activision side, it's going to be the messier transition and see what's going to happen. And I don't know. I have no clue. All right, guys, uh, moving on to, Oh, and wanted to talk about uh, Embracer Group a little bit, um, because their CEO, their COO, just left, just resigned. Um, is going to go make his new studio, gaming studio, or something. About AI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Like, is he pulling a Jim Ryan here and getting out while the house is on fire? Yeah, probably. Well, didn't he say that find out later he he embezzled some money? He said he left because of, uh, like, yeah, but, like, that's not saying that, you know, that that's implying, like, everything's falling apart. You know, that's why I'm leaving. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, um, like, so, I'm the one that holds the checkbook, and the checkbook is on fire. Yeah, yeah. I'm out. The, the checkbook has no more checks. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with Did this you call checkbook? the bank? <laughs> I've been writing hot checks to pay all our bills, and shit's going to come back. I don't want my signature on this. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, we tried to call the bank Saudi Arabia, but they won't answer anymore. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so he left. Uh, I can't even remember the name off the top of my head. Um, but... This is more evidence of the trouble going on there. And, man, somebody needs to step in and get some of these studios. Um, oh, yeah. Quickly. Xbox is free. 
Are they going to wait till Embracer Group dissolves and like try and scoop them up on the cheap, or are they going to actually go out there and try and like uh, uh, smart? No, <laughs> smart business think... people would probably wait, right? But yeah. at the same time, I... you risk losing the culture of those studios because you're going to amount of people that are going to leave as well with layoffs I... and stuff. So somebody hinted that because of some of the previous contracts that Microsoft had prior, like what they had with Crackdown and the tech for that uh, destructible environment that got purchased by Amazon and because of the Killer Instinct stuff, that now if a party is to be purchased that they're working with, that they are to be included in the bidding or something like that. So if someone is to step up before the fire sale, I think they at least get notified and get a chance to bid. But I just knowing from court documents, not from what we all thought Phil was like before, but from court documents, we know Phil is a a shark when it comes to negotiation. So he's probably going to wait until the fire sale, like not saying that he doesn't want to pay the 300 mil for the studios from, you know, that, that square sold, you know, way undervalued uh, to Embracer, but he's the same one that, uh, came to Bobby with 80 when they wanted 105. So I, I could see him waiting until it's like, yeah, oh, the auction's tomorrow? And eh, we'll take those off your hands for, you know, 301 million or something like that. I, I, I can totally see him waiting for the fire sale unless there is another buyer knocking at the door and they'll probably get alerted on that. And then it'll be like, what will they pay? Uh, we'll double that. And yeah. as long as you close the, the bids and I can see that being the, the case as well. Yeah. I, I think that Embracer Group is in massive trouble. They don't have a lot of like super highly anticipated games like coming out relatively soon or anything. Um, it and their ones that they have launched have been mostly unsuccessful. Then they lost funding that they were uh, had been. I mean, they on. did have some games that. Did better than their expectations this year too, um, but they also mm-hmm. had the Saints Road disaster. So I think that was this year. <laughs> was that last year? But <laughs> I I think it still counted towards this year because of the yeah. expansion or something like that. I, I don't and, even uh, think it's necessarily about the the games. Like I think they just have, and they don't have any huge money makers, right? Even on the games that were successful, and like the amount of studios and employees that they have has just got to be a fucking huge well drain. first of all i think we gotta probably like knock off randy pitchford's cocaine fund like let's <laughs> knock that down a bit <laughs> oh, we just saved half our budget right there <laughs> yeah so i mean i i mean somebody's i i want the like best thing for the devs and the studios to where they can retain the their culture as much as possible and not lose as much of the talent that makes them who they are. I mean, mm-hmm. th- like Embracer Group buying Eidos Montreal and Crystal Dynamics, like at the time, looked good when they were in a better position, right? But right now, it just has me so concerned for those studios. Uh, Gearbox is probably their biggest money maker, right? And like they haven't the last game they released really as far as it was the. I mean, they had tells for the Borderlands that came out this year, but I don't know how well that did. And then they yeah. repackaged all the Borderlands into one collection, but everyone's already played fucking Borderlands. Yeah, the, the so last... Board, when did Borderlands 3 came out? Like, three years ago? Four years ago? Something like that? Was that years? 17? At least two or three. 
No, that wasn't that far. No, it was like 2020 to 2019. 2019, maybe? Yeah, probably 19. I was still playing on my uh, Xbox One X. So. Were they yeah, I knew it was on Xbox group when that came out? 2019. No, they uh, just sold a couple years ago, I think. Okay. It so they like didn't two, even get to uh, reap the biggest benefits from yeah. that. You know, I mean, it just elevated the price of Gearbox. <laughs> uh, and we don't like we don't have any other big announcements from them right now. I mean, they do publishing as well for other games, but like 2019, September 13th, Alvin says. I I don't know what to look at and be like, okay, yeah, they're going to be fine. Oh, they got this on the right. Like I, beforehand, when we were talking about Ubisoft, we could see like a potential like upswing, right? Square Enix, you can mm-hmm. see a potential like upswing. Like right now, I look at Embracer Group, the, the biggest things they have that are really exciting is like Tomb Raider, no fucking clue when that's going to happen, right? Like, that could be four mm-hmm. years from now, you know? Um, they have the Lord of the Rings IP that they bought for a couple bill. But what are they doing with that? Don't know. They sold it to Amazon so they can make a TV show. Yeah. Well, they sold the, the TV rights or whatever, the yeah. streaming rights for the Yeah, but, like, man, I, I don't know, man. It's just, like... I don't have a lot of high hopes for them unless they get a savior come in and just give them a shit ton of cash and and has hope for their future. But I, I don't think they're being bet on right now, and that's the bad thing, you know. I don't think anybody out there, except for somebody like Microsoft, Apple, Google, and maybe Tencent, have that kind of cash to rescue them. Like, I th- I think it's to the point now since the Saudi Arabia or the original investors that they were kind of relying on, you know, backed out, I think their best bet is to start, you know, auctioning off some of those studios, especially ones that they may not have something already in the queue for the next two or three years. It's sad to say, but the only other lifeline I could see would be Phil going over there and being like, we need 100 games for game pass for the next five years. So they, you know, put something together where there's going to be 20 games every year for the next five years or something that goes straight to Game Pass day and date um, that they, you know, Microsoft would basically fund and, and have publishing rights and, you know, uh, streaming service rights to. But I can't see Phil making that kind of a risky move knowing their current financial state's a little shaky uh, as opposed to him just buying those studios and, and doing that internally anyway kind of thing. So it's... I mean, I think right now they're only like short-term, short, short-term hope is like now that the writer strike is over, maybe they can start licensing out some of their IPs to do TV shows. And But, I mean, I don't know. That, I mean, that's not mm. going to get you like the amount of issues they're I mean, having. It's, it's, you know? Yeah, it's not going to... It's going to just it's not going to be as bad but it's still going to be bad <laughs> yeah it's like it's yeah. a sinking ship and you got you know like, buckets instead of a pump. Yeah, yeah i mean it's like you just got one guy oh we're fine you know it's like and then the ceo got Dixie leaves. Cups. the ceo is like man hey i'm out of here guys good luck right like i mean it's not it's not looking good so i yeah. i hope microsoft or i mean at this point anybody goes in and gets some of these studios right like if it's sony like i, I that's fine too or anybody just go 
and get some of these that's quality also studios. The yeah. I don't even think it could be Sony because look at they're they're doing layoffs as is. So it's like yeah, I know they but, go in and it's just going to be the, more of the same. The issue is like for for Microsoft, why I think it's really important for them is because like the heavy rumors were that Idos Montreal is working on Fable, and I could tell you guys mm-hmm. that that's probably true uh, that they're helping with that. Um, based on information that's out there. Um, that's and- the thing that was like, Embracer's probably looking at it's like, well, we know that we're getting money off Microsoft for them helping on Fable, so we probably don't sell those. We got that game coming out in the next couple of years. Like, they, they don't know what to sell because people are working on stuff. So, like, I don't know, it's like a weird position. It's like, what do you yeah. sell if you're about to put something out from that studio? You don't want to sell that. I mean, you might if the price is right, but who's going to come up there with a price that's going to be for that projected game plus the studio, plus whatever margins they want to make? And I don't know. I guess the big thing now is probably their most recent success from what I'm seeing of the studios they have was uh, Dead Island Two. Remnant was also this year, and that did pretty well for them. It's and I guess they also have something to do with Undisputed as well. I think Embracer's main problem is they have like five fucking publishers. They need yeah. to like trim that down. <laughs> they got DHQ, yeah. Gearbox, and some other ones. It's like they don't need that many big publishers. Like you just put out double A games. It's like yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and, and in 2023, a lot of those games kind of got passed by because you know, like this year had a lot of other great games. You know, so I mean, mm-hmm. they had some decent ones, I think, from Embracer this year, but like, um, I don't know. Uh, Crystal Dynamics helping on Perfect Dark, Idos Montreal on Fable. Like, there's ramifications for Xbox if those studios get shut down, right? So, um, let's just hope they don't. And let's hope, yeah. let's hope Embracer Group pulls out of this or they um, do the right thing and are able to get those studios as they are into somebody else's hands without cutting them into pieces, you know, doing tons of layoffs and then having a shell of of its former selves, you know? Um, but anyway, uh, Hey, you guys about ready to do some tidbits. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, One other thing I, while you're doing that, IO interactive uh, apparently wants to turn bond into like a big thing. They want to do like multiple bond games. I thought that was interesting. Um, they have big aspirations for that. I wouldn't be surprised if they're not on the shop. Well, that if eh, I should rephrase that, I wouldn't be surprised if that shopping list that we saw before for Microsoft doesn't still have them on it and they get scooped up at some point too. Yeah. They're supposed to make that project dragon game that was in the court docs and stuff too. So mm-hmm. it is, a, it is a Microsoft published game. Uh, are we ready for tidbits, Jasper? Uh, yeah, you can start it. Just let me know uh, when you want me to play. We, this, everybody, hey, this is the last segment of the show, guys. It's called Tidbits. All right, this is Tidbits, where we look ahead at the games releasing for the week. I just hit the button, Jasper. Okay, I'll hit uh, play on the first trailer. <laughs> You became an astronaut because the cosmos is invinci- the invincible uh, for no. PS5, Series X and S, and PC. Came out no, earlier today at twenty nine ninety nine. 
kind of mixed reviews, sort of. Um, some of those out there that reviewed it said if you're into sci-fi and walking sims, this might be your bag. But if you're not into walking sims, I think I played probably. a demo of this a long time ago. Mm. I 100% did. That's the problem with it. Like, I'm loving it like 60s, 70s sci-fi aesthetic, but it's like a walking sim, so I don't want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it. It looks like it's a a very good sci-fi story, but you, you got to be into the, the walking sim type. So people that are into it loved it. People that are not so much into the walking sims are kind of like, it, it didn't hook them as much in comparison, even if they are into sci-fi. So it's, it's kind of tough to say. But I, the look of it is awesome. I, I remember playing a demo for this because I remember that damn little, like, voice thing on the left we side of the screen. Mm -hmm. uh, like, microphone inside the helmet. I remember that, and I was like, this is really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It, I remember it was kind of, like, uh, pretty, and it had... Um, uh, like good environment and stuff, you know, but mm -hmm. but it was also very slow. Yeah, and I is, stopped. It playing. is a slow burn. I stopped playing <laughs> after like thirty minutes because I was like, I can't walk this slow. Um, this is Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl Two for PS5, PS4, Xbox One, Series X and S, Switch and PC. Tuesday at 49.99. Uh buyers beware. The <laughs> first one of these games is the only game I have ever refunded because it was such shit. <laughs> Just saying. If we we streamed it on the channel the day it came out, it was unplayable it was trash maybe the second one's better i don't know but the first one we were excited about because 3-bit kept telling us this is gonna be amazing it's gonna be great don't you guys love brawlers you know we get this nickelodeon like smash game on an xbox it's gonna be awesome we all got it played it every single one of us refunded it <laughs> <laughs> it was broken um yeah but this is a sequel <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll see how it does I'm hoping it's better maybe they learn their lessons hopefully I think when we first refunded we looked into it and they just do like a bunch of random like licensed property games that are like kind of all shit yeah th th this company makes a lot of those games they also do like kart racers too and like I think and like <laughs> they just kind of like have okay here's this genre these characters, right? They kind of have like it seems like they have templates for genres and they just fill in characters based on the deals they make with companies. Mm. Right? That's that's the way it seems to me. I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah, it's game mill, right? Um also we didn't have FSP last week, so we didn't have tidbits last week, but there was a, a Smurfs game last week. Yeah. You know <laughs> What was that one? Yeah, maybe we maybe you can throw it on at the end here, Jasper. Yeah, that's important. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I think a, I think a new kart racer just came out from Game Mill. Also, yeah, Smurf, the Smurfs to the Prisoner of the Green Stone or something. Thirty nine ninety nine. Um. Oh yeah. Uh, the the Game Mill just came out with a DreamWorks kart racer. Oh yeah, I saw that on the yeah store. They're probably very different from the other five kart racers that they've made for other licensed company products. If we turn against one another. <laughs> the reason yeah, Shrek in yeah. this one instead of the SpongeBob. This game here is called Salt and Sacrifice for $19.99 only on the Nintendo Switch. Well, releasing on the Nintendo Switch this week. I think it's already been on like PS4 and 5 and PC for some time. Salt and sacrifice. The souls like Dolanite says. I'll yeah. pass then. <laughs> I like the style of it. Well, so. Speaking of gearbox, there you go. Oh, it's gearbox! Risk of rain. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah. Risk of rain returns. Going to switch in PC for twenty four ninety nine. Is this a remake of the first one, or is this actually the third one? I have no clue. It's Risk of Rain Returns. I think this is a third one. Because okay. I was looking at that, and it, it, it seems like it's a, it's new enough in comparison. Because right now it's not gameplay, so I can't really tell. Because the first one was, like I think, top-down gameplay. And then the mm -hmm. second one it was like more like a third-person shooter. Is it any good? A lot of people like it. Um, it has its one. own like uh, kind of cult following. The first two games mm -hmm. are like, I mean, they're basically different genres. Like the first one's more like a twin it, six shooter. It's a remake. Oh no, it's remastered. I'm sorry, enhanced and remastered. Okay, remaster make. <laughs> remaster. Berserk recharged Atari. Atari just acquired a company, everybody. Digital Eclipse. Yeah. Now, this game is coming to PS4 and 5, Xbox One, Series X and S, Switch, and PC for $9.99. Is this an arcade legend? I don't remember playing this at the arcade. <laughs> <laughs> I played a lot of arcade games. I don't, I don't remember this one. I've played arcade games like this, but I don't think it was this specific one. And this is definitely like a modern spin on an old style Atari game. Yeah, so. for sure. It's like Astros and Pac-Man combined. <laughs> Berserk recharged. I don't think I ever played Berserk. Hmm. Did y'all notice that Intellivision's releasing their Amico games on the Xbox store? 
No. I saw I saw one on the <laughs> Xbox store. I was like, what? They, they, can't, they can't get the uh, damn system out, so they just started releasing their damn games other places. Because there's like three people that care about it. <laughs> there was a this lot is... of people that pre-ordered it, but like, they didn't ever get them. Yeah. Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. PS4 and 5, Xbox One, Series X and S, and PC. Yeah, there'll be another one out in three months, so. Yeah. <laughs> 49.99. Actually, I think there is another, uh, or wait, was it last week that the other one, the Infinite Wealth one came out? Infinite Wealth is coming out. Okay. This is more of a traditional Yakuza game. Right. Yeah, the Infinite Wealth reminds me of almost like um, I, I, I want to say Animal Farm, Animal An Crossing. That's yeah, what it is. yeah. <laughs> is this on Game Pass? No, I don't think so. But it will probably, if it's not day and date, which I don't think this one is, it will more likely be in Game Pass soon. Yeah, Ishin uh, was like a six months or something before it came to Game Pass. Or uh, Andrew Reeves that. says it is day one Game Pass. I don't know. I don't know. can't remember. Who cares? The there game. was one that was supposed to be day and date. And There's so many Yakuza <laughs> games. Get them mixed up <laughs> in my head. Relski says it is in Game Pass. And maybe it is. We've had multiple people in the chat say it's in Game Pass. Man with no or, name. There's infinite wealth and then a man with no name. Infinite wealth was definitely not the one that come to Game Pass. So this probably is yeah. the one that's coming. Yeah. To Game Pass. Okay. Maybe this one is the one. They don't list it on Game Pass just yet. It still shows for pre-order only. Wait, was it on like the coming soon? The Game Pass list. Probably is. Here's your Look Xbox how broken game. this game is. Look how broken My game actually Look crashed right there. Right when he pulls up the goggles and it transitions to yeah, full this gameplay. Yeah, the man with the, who erased his name is in Game Pass, day and date. Nice. It's on cloud console and PC. The chat was correct. And you notice how they're only showing the, the best mission, which is the first mission which they actually made. Have you beat it yet, Jasper? No, I haven't beat it yet. I got like three missions left. How many hours have you played? Uh, about maybe three and a half, almost four. I'm playing on veteran, so it's a little harder, but it's still not too bad. Without spoilers, is no Russian on par with the original, or is it? Man, we have two missiles incoming. If you are there, get out. I think it has a huge impact, um, but it's almost like a different type of impact. Um, okay. I think it's hard to say because, like, back when I played Modern Warfare 2, the original, like, I was like fucking eight, so like, I didn't really understand the full like consequences and impact of what was happening. Nowhere, she was like, "I'm just a video game shooting people, whatever." So maybe this one's hitting with me more because of. Modern day stuff, and I also yeah. am grown up, so I understand shit you now. Have feelings now? You're not a yeah. monster. You're not a little shitbag kid. And more. <laughs> I think yeah, we know what's it, wrong with you. You're just desensitized because you re-ran the no Russian mission and COD uh, like over and over and over again when you're eight. 
come on, Daddy, I want to go shoot more people. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that all the games? Yeah. yeah. It, it's this was probably one of the lighter weeks of the past where, few weeks, and it, it's two? probably because people, yeah, probably most of the games got out of the way of Call of Duty. So yeah, yeah, for sure. They're so scared of the four. Um, <laughs> no, no Smurfs too, Jasper. Uh, I didn't feel like looking that. Shit. I don't have the link. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was last week. All right, <laughs> that was last week. We we had we missed the show. That's what happens. We miss a, a week of FSP. We miss a Smurfs game. Can't believe it. There'll be another one in eight months. That probably so. We'll see. Um, Skip that yeah, one too. That's that's it for the games, and that's it for the show, guys. Um, hopefully, you guys enjoyed this episode of FSP, um, and uh, hope you all have a good one. Thank you for tuning in, uh, Psycho. Tell everybody where they can find you, bro. Thanks, Jet, for coming out. Uh, sorry to uh, G Money or G Maybe uh, for having the bot uh, fucking you know timing out for a little bit. Uh, you know, AI is coming for us all, so be careful. Weird way to start the outro. S- strap up, everyone. <laughs> um, it's up. Strap good, on. Strap up, not strap oh. on. I'm used this to use. Is... I'm used to use things. Strap on. No, I thought you were about to say you used to use it for one. Anyways, you have a great night, folks. Find me everywhere social media, Psychonauts8. Uh, if you are, um, uh, and please don't be like the other people that's out there on Twitter. Just be chill and have a great night. Be chill. Be chill, everybody. Uh, Jasper, where can everybody find you, sir? Yo, yo, check it out. Lord Jasper, Twitter, Lord Mess Jasper, YouTube, all that fun stuff. Um, Twitter? Yep, Twitter. Um, you go to Twitter and check it out. And then Monday, Tuesday, and Friday, 10 o'clock right here, Fun Speculation Network for FSP, Fun Pop, and Xbox Ultimate. Are we still doing uh, Hereditary tomorrow, or is that we're just, like, moving on? Uh, I forgot what the fuck movie that psycho was talking about was it bojangles or some shit <laughs> Bo? no bubba hotep bubba hotep bubba hotep i i almost like would rather watch that dumbass movie than hereditary uh i don't know maybe we'll watch have y'all watched it i haven't no. watched it yet i haven't watched it what if we like our entire audience watched it and we didn't watch it <laughs> Would they like? Would they leave us and never come back? We could, we'll just blame Three Bit. That's all. <laughs> okay. Well, I have. I, I was maybe going to watch it last night, but we end up starting Mission Impossible. That's kind of what I've been doing. It's like it's like, oh yeah, I need to watch that, and I'm just like, I'll do that later. <laughs> yeah, that's the same way. Uh, I can't breathe right now. Sorry. Um. Uh, did you do your outro? Yeah. Okay. And then I ask a question. All right. I forgot. Sorry. Oh. Um, it's all right. Most people do. <laughs> Fuzzy, where can everybody find you? Uh, just thank you for having me on. Thanks to everybody in the chat for joining us. Uh, for those who want to hear my rambles and rants on anything gaming, follow me on the uh, app formerly known as Twitter at Fuzzy underscore Belvedere, where I'm 
poking fun at IGN for their four out of tens and uh, reminding people that uh, you know AI uh, usage has been in other platforms before you know this partnership. So yeah, yeah. Other games you've already played have AI mm-hmm. technology uses in them, whether it be art or it's the devil concept art, art even or like. Dialogue or whatever. Can you imagine if the concept art for factions was AI generated? Probably, it's probably. I'll, I'll leave that alone. That's probably all the work they actually did on factions. <laughs> um, Bungie told us to stop, so we're, we're yeah. everything's AI. <laughs> right on, man. Um, all right, guys. So uh, tomorrow, fun pop, 10 p.m. Eastern time. And then Thursday, PM and the PM, 7 PM Eastern, Friday, Xbox Ultimate Podcast at 10. Um, and uh, we'll see. Maybe there's going to be some more news this week to get us all hyped and excited for gaming. Or maybe there'll be more random weird outcries over stuff that's happened 20 other times in the last couple of years that nobody's ever talked about. Um, one or the other. Have a good one, everybody. Peace yeah. out. Later. Bye, Bye everybody.